0: Greetings, people. Welcome to worship on this, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends who are worshiping with us online or on the radio, just a reminder, as I always like to do, uh, go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for this service under the Resources tab, and there's ways that you can give your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Uh, just a few announcements to share with everybody before we begin our worship today. Uh, you might have noticed that table with a kind of a, a special um, display there in the Commons area. Uh, that is uh, a little opportunity for our chapel members and friends to share a favorite memory. Uh, with with uh, Dave Funky. So Dave uh, retired a little while ago from, from Chapel of the Cross and recently moved. We're gonna have those, there's three by five cards there and you can write a special memory on there to share. And we're gonna have those cards available for three weekends here. Uh, when you've written your thoughts down, you can put your card in the receptacle there on the table and then we will mail all those cards to Dave at his new home in Wisconsin. So thank you very much for your participation with that. I know that will be a blessing for us, but certainly a blessing for Dave as he receives those in the next few weeks. One last reminder, next Sunday, our new Sunday school and confirmation and youth classes begin. Uh, Please see the announcements in the chapel weekly regarding that. Also, next Sunday, we will worship out of doors uh, for the 830 and 11 o'clock service. Saturday night, we'll be here in the sanctuary for sure. And um, if next week is kind of like this week with the weather, we'll also be in the sanctuary. Uh, So it all depends on the weather. But if it's nice out, we're uh, going to worship outside. Bring a lawn chair if that's more comfortable for you. If not, we'll have, we'll have chairs there available. And we will welcome some special guests with us that weekend. So Pastor James Odu and Pastor Raymond Kaija from Uganda will be here. Pastor James will be preaching for us that weekend. And they will both be uh, leading the Bible class between the services on that Sunday. So we look forward to that next weekend, uh, September 10th and 11th. And I have several important announcements regarding some exciting Bible studies that are starting soon. So on Wednesday, September 14th at 6:30 p.m., we will start a new Wednesday evening study looking at the New Testament book of Hebrews. So that starts the 14th of September at 6:30 p.m. That same day, Wednesday, September 14th at 6:30 a new discovery class will begin. A discovery class, if, if you remember, that's a, a 10-week uh, class that I will lead that is especially for those who would like to become members of Chapel of the Cross, or uh, for those of you who would like to have just a little review of what we believe Teach and Confess as a church. So if, if it's been a while for you for confirmation, if it's a long time ago where you were confirmed, you want to just kind of review, have a little refresher, you're invited to come. So that's also starting on the 14th of September at 6.30 p.m. Those classes will meet at the same time. And then on the first and third Tuesdays of the month, starting this upcoming Tuesday, September 6th, a new women's Bible study will meet at 10 a.m. So please join us for, for Bible class. And I want to introduce a few people to you. So first of all, I want to introduce our new field worker to you. Jacob, do you mind standing up? Jacob Anderson is standing right there. He is our new field worker from Concordia Seminary. He is a first-year student there Concordia, and he will be our our only field worker this year. We have two others, but they're on Vicarage this year. So Jacob's by himself from the Seminary. We, we welcome you here to Chapel, Jacob also want to welcome our director of the week. So the first, first weekend of the month, we always have a, uh, one of our directors as a director, director of the week. John Jordan as our director of the week this week. That's John in the back. He's going to be greeting you at the back door as you leave, so get to know him as one of the members of our board of directors. And then our elder of the week is Craig Schlickman, and Craig is standing right there and also is going to greet you at the back door as you leave. So get to know Craig as one of your elders here at Chapel God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Lord of Glory, you have bought us in number 851 in our hymnal, and we stand to sing it together. Mm. so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. be with you. with you. Let us pray. O oh, merciful Lord, you did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all. Grant us courage and strength to take up the cross and follow him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: The Old Testament reading is from the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. We
0: speak Psalm one responsibly. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish.
1: The epistle is from Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Ophia our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold in order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or, suppose a king is about to go out to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated for our hymn. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do the words from that gospel reading trouble you? I bet they do. I mean, how could they not? Following Jesus involves hating father and mother and other family members. Following Jesus involves carrying a cross I mean, Jesus has some very strong words, very hard words, very harsh words. Kind of makes you pause, kind of swallow hard as you hear Jesus vividly saying that following involves sacrifice. Following involves hard choices. A few minutes ago, you also heard that Old Testament reading appointed for today from the book of Deuteronomy. If you remember, in that text, the children of Israel were presented with a choice. God gave them a choice. And as God lays down the choice before them, before the children of Israel, he makes it very, very clear for them. And when we hear it, boy, it seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? I mean, after all, who would not want to follow God? Who would not want to live their life according to his ways? Because he says, see, I lay before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. Well, let's see. Life and prosperity or death and destruction? Which one should I choose? It's a pretty obvious choice, right? If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God by loving the Lord and walking in his ways and keeping his commands and his decrees and his laws, then you will live and then you will increase and the Lord your God will bless you as you go into that land that he has promised that you will possess. Life and and prosperity or death and destruction obvious choice isn't it well yes but when there is something that this text from Deuteronomy does not tell us what it doesn't tell us is what God is calling Israel to do and what God is calling Israel to be is not easy See, God is calling his people to do something very difficult. God is asking the children of Israel to be different, to be distinct, to be set apart. If they make the choice to follow those commandments that God is giving to them, then they are going to be a people who follow but one God. And that's very, very different. I mean, that's kind of strange in our culture, but back in theirs, that would make them very different very distinct, very set apart because everybody else around them, all the people in their cultures, in their religions, they had many, many gods to be different, to be distinct, to be set apart. it means that they are going to follow those commandments that guide them. And that means that they can't live like everybody else around them is living. Their morality is going to be different. Their, their standards are going to be different. Their very culture is going to be different be different, distinct, set apart. That is what God is calling them to do, and that is what God is calling them to be. And that is not easy. So we see why that choice becomes a little more difficult. And when you look at the gospel reading for today, you might say, that well, that's the same thing that Jesus is saying. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, then he cannot be my disciple. (laughs) We say, hey, wait a minute, hold on. I thought we were supposed to call, we are called and we're supposed to love our father and mother and sister and brother and wife and children. What's going on, Jesus? Well, it's a challenge, isn't it? In fact, it's a choice to be different, distinct. Set apart. And those challenging words of Jesus, they go right to our hearts. Because Jesus is saying that nothing is to come in between us. Nothing. He who loves his father or mother or family more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves himself more than me cannot call himself my disciple. I tell you the truth Jesus says if you are unwilling to sacrifice for my sake and take up your cross if you allow anything else to get in the way of our relationship you cannot call yourself my disciple. It's almost as if Jesus is saying let me make this as clear as I can. Christian discipleship is very serious business because discipleship is total commitment to me. Discipleship and commitment to me it might cost you everything that you've got. And to to be a disciple, I am calling you to be different, to be distinct, to be set apart. I don't know about you, but I don't really like to hear things like that. Because I don't want to be challenged to total commitment. And I don't like to hear about risks. Risks of suffering, perhaps, or hardship, or, or sacrifice. I mean, the idea of being a disciple of Jesus, that appeals to me very, very much. But I'd rather do that to be a disciple with no cost involved. Wouldn't you? I mean, I don't want to change. I don't want to be different or distinct or set apart. But Jesus talks about complete allegiance. And Jesus talks about total allegiance. Commitment, and Jesus says, "Love me with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind." Says so we're to be different, distinct, set apart. He talks about how nothing should get in the way of our relationship with Him, and that, as you probably know, is not easy. It's uncomfortable. And it's challenging. <laughs> but oh, is it necessary to talk about? I and mean, think about it. What, what gets in the way of your relationship with your Lord? I think a lot of things get in our way. A lot of things get in my way. But what gets in the way for you? Is it relationships like Jesus is talking about that we have with people that consistently just kind of pull us away from Jesus? Even if it is our own family, our father or mother, our wife or children, nobody can come in between us, Jesus says. What gets in the way for you? Is it the the movies that we watch or the TV programs we follow or the shows that we stream online? And a lot of those are just filled with all kinds of things that are contrary to our faith. Don't have something come between us, the Lord says. Don't fill your head and fill your heart with all that stuff that is contrary to what I want for you. What gets in the way for you? Is it the the stuff in our lives that we often think, and often it often seems like it's so very important, and we, we spend so much time, we spend so much energy, just just focusing on what we want, what we have, or what we don't have, and it gets in the way. It gets in the way of our relationship with the Lord. What well, gets in the way for you? They're challenging words, they're uncomfortable words. They're not easy words, but important words. Jesus says discipleship is serious business. Discipleship is total commitment to me. Don't let anything get in the way. Follow me. Jesus knew as he was talking to those disciples that they would have to make some hard choices as they were called to be different, as they were called to be distinct and set apart. Would they share the Savior and the gospel with others? Would they, by the Spirit's power, leave their old way of life behind them and share the story of salvation with the world? And if so, if they would do that, would they be willing to pay the price of discipleship? Well, we know history. We look back and we know that they were. Ten of those disciples who heard him that day were martyred, killed, because they lived out their faith. And even if we Christians, by God's grace, do not have to face that kind of thing here in our country, that does not mean that we will have an easy life as we follow Jesus. The Bible never says you're going to have an easy life by following Jesus. When we profess faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we will undoubtedly be faced with some difficult choices. Most of those choices revolve around whether we follow the easy way of this world or the difficult way of the Savior, the narrow path, as Jesus calls it. As he calls us to be different and to be distinct and to be set apart. So I've got to ask, if, if the way of Jesus is so difficult, if being a disciple of Jesus and his call to be, to be different, to be distinct, to be set apart, can at times be so hard then why would anybody in their right mind want to be Jesus' disciples? Why would you want to be a disciple of Jesus? I think a story maybe can help us with that question. A woman was dying. She was relatively young, in her early 40s. But she was dying because she had a bad heart and the doctors couldn't do anything more for her. She was on a a myriad of drugs, but those drugs could only do so much. And she was getting worse. She had to face the fact that she would maybe not be there for the weddings of some of her kids. She would never hold a grandchild on her lap. She agonized how she was going to have to say goodbye to her husband. And she had to come to grips with the knowledge that she was dying and there was just no cure. Then in a a different state, a young man had an accident. And for that young man, there were were no farewells to his family and to his friends. There was no time to prepare. I mean, there was an accident. He was gone. His wife, in a beautiful act of mercy and grace and love, donated his organs. And this young woman, she got a call. Be at the hospital in an hour. We have a tissue match. We have a new heart for you. And she was there, of course. And the surgery worked. And she went home. And there she regained her color in her cheeks and she could move around. And she slowly began to recover. And for the first time in a long, long time, she had a future to look forward to. And as she recovered over time, within this woman was this great desire to know more and more about this young man whose heart was beating now in her chest. This young man who died so that she might live. Every breath that she took, every day that she lived, was because of his heart that was within her. And she grew in time to love that young man, to love his family. That young man who had a terrible cost had given her the gift of life. That woman lives because that young man died. Now if you think about it, that is exactly why you and I are Jesus' disciples. We live because he died. Jesus, the the perfect son of God, was born for you and me, in a stable. There's no room anywhere else, remember? Nobody was ready to give up their bed or their room for him. So Jesus was born in a stable, in a barn, for you. And it wasn't too long before somebody tried to kill him. Can you imagine that? As a baby, somebody tried to kill him. And Jesus endured that for you. As he grew, he lived a, a perfect life For you. As he began his ministry, he healed the sick and he fed the hungry. But many people misunderstood him. They only saw him as a miracle worker, not as their savior from their sin. When he went back to his hometown, there they tried to kill him too. His family tried to take him home because they thought he was crazy. The religious leaders, they tried to trick him and they they set out to murder him. All of this he did. All of this he endured for you. And then he prayed in the garden. He was betrayed by a friend. He was arrested. He was mocked. He was spit on. He was beaten. And then he was nailed to a cross. All of that for you. And on that cross, Jesus Christ died. He died for you and me. He died on that cross so our sins would be forgiven. And He rose from the dead so that we might never die. And He did all of that for you. And He did all that for me. And having seen all that He has done for us, believing in, with all of our heart that He has done that, and He's done that for me, and He has done that for you, how can we not follow Him? How can we not say, Oh, Jesus, you are my Lord? You are my God. How can we not spend our lives giving thanks to him, giving praise to him? And how can we not accept that challenge, that call of his to be different, to be distinct, to be set apart for him? Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Apostles Creed that's printed for you on page 7 in your bulletin together we confess I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate May be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we give thanks for all your goodness and for the love that sustains us from day to day. We praise you for the gift of your Son, our Savior, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter For the means of grace for the lives of all faithful people and for the hope of the life to come help us to treasure in our hearts all that you have done for us and enable us to show our thankfulness in lives that are wholly given to your service lord in your mercy hear our prayer merciful god you have given your people your word that every nation may hear the one message of jesus christ raise up faithful servants of christ and preserve your truth among us that the gospel may bear fruit in the prayers and praises of people from every nation, tribe, language, and people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our our prayer. Almighty God, without your help, our labor is useless. Give your guidance to all who seek your will, that they may hear your voice in the Holy Scriptures, rejoice in the gifts and talents that you have given, and see the vocations you have already entrusted to them. Grant that your people may always live, speak, and act according to your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, Prince of Peace, as wars wage around the world, as the threat of war looms in many places, as we endure violence in the streets of our own neighborhoods, we ask that you would intervene and bring calm amidst the strife. Turn the hearts of enemies to peace and bring resolution to the many difficult problems that exist we ask you to work deep within the souls of people everywhere that the precious seed of the gospel may take root and bear the fruits of faith and love, that all people may find peace in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, Jesus Christ, through you, God has visited his people. Continue to visit the sick, those who suffer chronic disease or pain, all homebound and all in nursing homes or hospitals and grant health and recovery according to your good and gracious will. Today, we especially remember before you Linda Edgington, Dwayne McCain, Faye Snyder, and Barbara Merck. Make your presence known to them, and if it be your will, bring them back to health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, especially on this Labor Day weekend, we ask that you would grant that the wealth and the resources of this rich land be profitably used so that all persons may find fulfilling employment and receive just payment for their work. We also commend to your care those who suffer want and anxiety from lack of work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together, hymn number 853. Mm-hmm.